Um, seriously, like, how are movie theaters still in business? Anyway, just saying. I don't know. Hi, and welcome to It's Going to Get Stupid, your favorite podcast. My name is Rick. I'm Holly. And I'm Jose. Yeah! Did it! We got through it the second time. Even better. Cool. Well, welcome again, everybody. It's good to see you. Even though I can't see you. I can see you. Because this is an audio medium. But I can see you. So that's that. Why are you so creepy? That's just creepy. Stop being creepy. Right, why are we whispering? What's going on? What is going on here? Your um, best friend's being creepy, and he's whispering into the mic like a creeper. Because I can see it's ASMR. It's, it's going to it's get not, ASMR. It's not <laughs> ASMR. It's it's Rick being creepy. We're never going to do ASMR. Crunch? Do you want me to crunch on the microphone? No, anyway, I do not. Um, <laughs> uh, so if you want to send us an email, there's an easy way. You can just email us at it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. You can tweet us at IGTGS show. Holly's making go a to face, face while we say this that's, stuff. That's cool. You go to facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid and connect with us there. You can find us on Instagram at it's going to get stupid. Go to youtube.com and then search for it's going to get stupid podcast. See some of our old episodes and then listen to our current ones. I'm trying. I'm trying. And then lastly, leave us a voicemail at 281-698-7043. That could be on your gravestone. I'm trying. trying. (laughs) That really should be on my gravestone. (laughs) Hey, we got an email recently, didn't we? Over the break. We did from our good friend Jeffrey. Or Jeff. I don't know what he calls himself. He calls himself Jeff. My name is Jeff. But he signed Jeff, so I would think he would want to be called Jeff. This is true. This is true. I just call him J Mart. But anyway, what did what did what did what did yeah J Mart? What did Jeff have to say? So Mr. Martinez wanted to talk about um, the drama around uh, CD Projekt Red's game Cyberpunk 2077. Um, dun dun dun. About how they've kind of messed up the release, how the game doesn't perform well on pre- uh, previous generation consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, and just how this is going to affect the future of games and pre-orders. And um, and then reminiscing about the days of like the Nintendo 64. And even um, like I guess the pre-internet days where everyone had an internet connection. Where when you bought a game, it was done. Or it was as done as it was going to get. Um, there weren't any patch releases. There weren't any, um, the, you know... We'll talk about the pros and cons of the current era of this, but you know there weren't any patch releases, there wasn't any DLC. Um, it's just you bought a game and you got the game, and that's it. Yeah, no, specifically talking about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you know, kind of in and out of the drama um, because it seems like every major AAA title has a lot of drama surrounding it nowadays. Yeah, and um, but this one was like so hyped, overhyped for eight years, and the. It's supposed to be amazing, and it you know it, it probably is. I'm pretty sure there's people right now that are just enjoying the game. It's just it for me. It's like cool. That sounds great. I don't have the specs to even run that game, nope. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. Um, but I do think the fact that they released they they delayed this game so much, still released it super buggy. But the worst thing they did is l- let the previous generation consoles have it and. And didn't make a distinction that it was going to be a difference. Because in the past, when you've had previous console versions, 
you could tell they looked crappy and you were okay with it or you weren't like you just wait for the new one. Um, but they never hinted at all that it would look this bad. I mean, it looked like PS2 era graphics. It was pretty, maybe, maybe PS3. It was pretty bad. Maybe PS3. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty, pretty bad and, and, and buggy. And the game is just super buggy. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I, they, I, I believe they fixed a lot of the things now with a bunch of patches and the game itself was already big enough. And so I, I think it just discourages a lot of gamers from buying a game right off the bat. Um, will it affect pre-orders? <clears throat> Probably not because we're kind of a generation of, I have to have it right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll affect too much. I just think people will be very shy about, you know, going after new games. I, I think it might change. I, I think it might change how other people release games. It definitely is going to change how CD Projekt Red releases games. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I don't, I don't know what their financials look like at this point, but considering like all the, you know, they've gotten a lot of money from the pre-orders. Right. Um, but they've also had to pay a lot of money for press releases and um, getting people to actually play the game to show that, you know, it's fixed and things like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that they've had to do in order to fix their mistake. Um, but I guess the first topic is no, I don't think it'll affect pre-orders. Um, I still pre-order games to, to some extent, um, especially if it's a game that if it's a star Wars game, it's a good chance I pre-ordered it um, because I usually want them as soon as they come out. My wife just made the nerd, uh, the nerd uh, movement where you push up her imaginary glasses, um, and I wear glasses, so I, I'm offended. I wear glasses too. <laughs> um, but I don't think it'll affect pre-orders as a whole. I do think it'll affect pre-orders for the next CD Projekt Red um, release, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think honestly, pre-orders are going to be affected anyway because. You know they're releasing consoles now without any physical media drive. Yeah. So you just download the game. You know what I mean. So what do you have to pre-order at that point? Unless you want to get the reason that they have pre-orders is I guess to to give special things out. You know, well, I, I think they still do that. Well, right? uh, so they do usually give you like bonus skins, but what they also <laughs> do is in order to speed up uh, download times. Mm, um, you, you, you get thrown into a queue and the game will auto download early you can't play it but gotcha. it'll it'll start uh it'll start downloading maybe like 12 hours prior to release um that way and they do that for i would assume so that their servers don't get hit all at once at midnight or whenever it releases worldwide so yeah. that their servers don't just get flooded with requests like download requests so I don't think they're going to see pre-orders delayed. I mean, any any difference because people are still going to want that service as well as the special skins or the different yeah. things you get with pre-ordering. If you're going to buy the game anyway, might as well put the money early. You know, I get all that. Yeah. Um, but it is going to erode people's confidence in like, do I buy this game without seeing what it's you know? Because obviously they they messed everybody over on PS4 and Xbox uh, One. Yeah. Um. So. No. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial because I, I've expressed this in um, at work. We have a gamers chat um, and super, no, but that's super nerdy. And they were all whatever, dude, you've told me about your chat rooms at work. Um, <laughs> Takes um, one to know one. Yeah. Um, when this game was starting to come out this year, I found 
zero interest in it. Like I thought the first trailer I saw looked cool, but then as soon as I heard that it was going to be a first person game, I was like snooze fest. Like don't want to play it. Um, I don't, there's very few games like Halo is probably one of the few and maybe one other one that I can't remember right now where I'm playing a shooter game that I generally want to play first person without it being like multiplayer. Like, you know, like Jose, I was about to say Call of Duty. I know Jose and I play uh, Apex Legends and, or used to play Apex Legends and Call of Duty. And of course, that's first person. But the thing that I never understood about this game is one of the things that it, they bragged about was this uh, customization engine for the character, uh, character design. You could spend, you know, 30 minutes to an hour customizing every aspect of your character. Um, but then the game is first person view. Why would I want to spend any time customizing a character I'm never going to see? I still don't understand why. And I, we talked about this before the show. Like, um, you know, there are some other ways you can get like skins for Apex, for instance. Right. You know, it's a first person shooter. So why are you purchasing skins? Well, one, you know, the little intro scenes and also when you do finishers. But mainly it's so other players can see that you have those skins. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically. It's a status thing. Yeah, and so if there's multiplayer in this game, that would make more sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many cutscenes there are, or how many times you're looking in a mirror to even be effective. But it, it, it kind of. So like when I played Morrowind or any of the, um, the Elder Scrolls games, I did spend a lot of time creating my character. Mm-hmm. But, but you can also do it in third person. Like you yeah. can look at yourself, you know. Um, and I didn't always do that. I think I still played it first person because I was like, whatever. Um, but you can still do it third person, so it makes sense. But I, I do like the crafting of the character part of it. But the fact that you can't toggle it to see your character is kind of dumb. And somebody released a mod to where like you can make it third person, um, but it was a little glitchy. And you can only do that on PC because PCs... <laughs> How could you even make it do... more glitchy than it is right now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that Jeffrey... Jeff mentioned... My name is Jeff. Um, mentioned... <laughs> Is, you know, back in the good old days of like the, the Nintendo 64, uh, for those of us that are older, you know, the Atari, the Nintendo and uh, the Super Nintendo. Um, when you bought a game, that was it. And you didn't have to worry about like if a developer was re- releasing a glitchy game. Well, I mean, unlike what was like E.T. on the Atari was like super glitchy, like you couldn't even get past anything. Um it was just a terrible game. It yeah, it was just terrible. terrible. <laughs> well, that was the glitch, right? Um, yeah. But you bought a game and that was it, right? Like you, you weren't going to get any updates. You weren't going to get any any patches or any DLC, um, which I think is the benefit of this current era of gaming is the lifetime of games is much longer, right? Like um, Mortal Kombat, uh, especially like the, the more recent iterations, they'll support a game for two or three years. Uh, because they're releasing characters, um, they're releasing different skins, and even with the light, latest Mortal Kombat, they released a second part to the game uh, through a through a DLC update instead of you having to plunk down another sixty bucks. I think it was like a twenty dollar edition. Um, but they're right. also making more money off of you from yeah. that one game. So I will okay. So it's a it's a double edged sword, right? Yeah. So if you look at a game like, um, free to play is a little different, like Apex, because I mean people are spending like insane amounts of money on a game that's free. Yeah. Number one. Um, but even a game like Mortal Kombat, it's a good example, right? Um, is it better to pay sixty bucks, have a game, play it, 
and then wait a couple of years, put another 60 bucks on a totally new game, then to them just keep adding things to the game you already have and you spend 60 bucks anyway or more for the same game. Yeah. That's my problem, honestly. It's cool, but I would rather just have a new game. I mean, I like the new stuff. I mean, Mortal Kombat is a little different, like a fighting game, but for something like Witcher and stuff like that, I don't want to... Like, it's already a big enough game. I don't need you to add more to this game. Just make a new game, dude. I don't want want you to do more. If you want to drop... Because, like, with Witcher, they dropped a couple of DLCs, and I was cool with that. Um, You know, Fallout's another one where they put a bunch of DLC, and I'm like, okay, it's fun, but the DLC's fun for a little bit, and it really... I don't know, man. I don't like that model. I really don't. It's. I'd rather just not... Just take the time to develop a whole new game, and I'll play that. Because it's just they're so short. It's not a full game. It's not. It's you're paying. You think about twenty bucks for a couple of characters. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I that's, mean, I know, I know, I know. There's a lot of time put into it, and it's and it, they interview. You know, they they will. It's Mortal Kombat's a little different because they'll they'll even make new. Uh, they'll have do record new lines for all the other characters, right? Because yeah. they have this new character coming in, and then they'll do storyline stuff and things like that. That's kind of cool, but still, it's it's a lot of money, man. I think it's an attempt to um, get ahead of like time schedules. Um, because if you're waiting for a whole new, a whole new game, a whole new story, the, the gap in between releases is going to be so long to where like a studio releases, does a release. Um, and then you don't hear from them for five or six years. Yeah. But that's the way it was before. And it was fine. And you still bought the games. Yeah. But these kids like today, like they don't want to wait for anything. (laughs) Like, okay. We got, um, Luca got a duplicate game for, for Christmas. He got a duplicate game. Holly went and exchanged it for a gift card, and then we ordered it, uh, like, online. Um, so, when did you order it? Um, it was... It was, like, a Sunday? Yeah, like, Sunday. Got it, like, Tuesday. Okay, we got the game on Tuesday. He beat it on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that say something about our parenting? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but, I mean, that's... That, you know, that was the grind I used to do when I played my games. Well, I think also games are easier nowadays. Yeah. In in a sense, right? So you don't have the frustrating, you know, fall deaths of Mega Man or Mario yeah. where it would take you so long to like get good at it with the timing. You're just kind of playing story. I mean, it's it's not that it's not challenging because there are challenging games, don't get me wrong. It's just that they're more immersive in a way of like putting you in the game and then making it easier for you to go along. And so you beat the game quickly if you just you know, plug at it. Yeah. Um, so I guess in that sense, when you do something like that, you have to change the way you can't release a bunch of games over and over, you know, years, your span because they beat it too quickly and they're already, and there's no replayability necessarily. Right. Sometimes. So like, um, you know, we, we both played breath of the wild. I got like a third, like not even a, maybe, maybe an eighth of the way through the game. Luca eventually beat the game. It took him a few months to beat it, like playing it, um, periodically. But then, um, they they said they weren't going to release Breath of the Wild 2 for quite some time. I think it's like another year or two at this point. So they released Legends of Hyrule, which is an mm-hmm. off- offshoot of Breath of the Wild. It takes place like 100 years earlier. Um, and the game mechanics are different. They're a little bit easier. It's more of a button masher type game. Um, but I think he beat that within like the span of three days. Yeah, it was fast. Like, and, and that was over like Christmas break. So we were definitely not being good parents at that point. <laughs> either your, your kids, just, your kids just go to the games dude well and like and he will like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna take a tangent here as as a father who games take still a tangent? I'm, I'm gonna go take down it. i'm gonna take it 
<laughs> Anyways, as a father who still plays games, who has a kid that is good at games, at solving puzzles um, in games and like just figuring stuff out, it's very frustrating when he beats it before me. <laughs> he has more time than you, though. 100%. 100%. Well, what he does, like Luca will say, oh, did... Um, have you gotten this far yet? And Rick's like, well, no, no, not yet. And he was just like, oh, well, you're in for a surprise, but I'm not going to tell you. And then it's like, oh, he, he's like itching to like spoil the game. And, and Rick's like, if you spoil it for me, you're grounded for life. Like no more games ever. Like he beat uh, Jedi Fallen Order before I even got like halfway <laughs> through the game. Are you serious? Oh, 100. Well, I mean, he had it on easy mode and I stopped putting like that was the last game. I will put him on easy mode for. He is now yeah, he is now banned from he's it. A regular, he's, he's he's regular mode now. He, boy, you are old enough to be on normal mode or hard. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and what really frustrates Rick is like if like on the weekends sometimes he'll play with because normally he'll play like after the kids go to bed, but on the weekends sometimes he'll play like during the day if the kids are like doing something else. And so Luca will sit there and try to like coach, like, oh, well, this one was really hard. Let me tell you how I got through it. And Rick was like, just let me figure it out. He's like, no, no, no. And so he's just standing there like, no, no, not that. Don't touch that. Don't swing there. And Rick's like, get out of here. Like, go to your room. <laughs> like, stop telling me what to do. Get out of here. No, no backseat gaming. No backseat gaming. Yeah. Well, no. I, I haven't gotten to that mode yet. I mean, Audrey's, I think Audrey's pretty good at video games. Like, she'll be better. She does better at minecraft than i know I, yeah. I get lost forever but like uh we were playing um what was that uh twilight princess yeah and it was uh, uh you know the two middles there there's six and seven at the time and they were having a heck of a time they played eight hours a piece on that game i played for an hour and a half and got like halfway into the game <laughs> <laughs> and they were like how did you do it i'm like Look, you just got to get to my level, kids, okay? <laughs> I do find some enjoyment I, in beating the entire family in Mario Kart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I, I find enjoyment in everything. Super Smash Brothers or uh, Mario Party, board games, I will say, ping pong, whatever, dude. Luca can beat me at Super Smash Brothers. Really? That's 100%. not good, man. You got to figure it out. You got to figure out what's going on. Don't let him beat you. <laughs> Don't let him beat you. So, like, we get, you know, mom and dad got a ping pong table for yeah. Christmas. And when I watch my, my dad play, yep. he's like super, when, like he plays somebody else, when he plays me, he's like hardcore crazy. Yeah. Uh, when he plays anybody else, he's super nice with them, <laughs> kind, you know, hitting it. So it's like, I do not play that. I can't, I can't turn it off. I'm like slamming. You, you only know, play uh, at one level. Well, yeah, I'm slamming serves down Audrey's throat and she's just like, I beat her like, there's like at least seven games where I beat her zero. Like she didn't let her get a point at all. And she's really trying hard. And I know that could probably be demoralizing to a kid, <laughs> but it's either going to be, you're either going to quit or you're going to get better. I don't know, man. My wife is the same way. <laughs> I, I have to, I don't have to crush you just because it's just, I can't turn it off. It's really hard for me to go easy on you. I do because let what them win. And if you them let win them win, sometimes. you know what happens when you let them win? They get all up in your face. They do. They get Ooh, cocky. Oh, I beat you. I beat you. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, this is what you think happened. Okay, let me show you what's really going on here. I beat them, but then I'll let them win sometimes. But I let I try to keep their attitude in check. Yeah. Because they're just like yeah. me. They're sore winners. By Holly saying keep their attitude in check, she means trash talking. I, I do trash talk. I do trash talk. Yeah. I'm a very so, sore yeah. winner, too. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, just kind of closing off uh, Jeff's email, 
Um, there are good things to the way that games are put out now. Yeah. But patches, you know, releasing a game that's not fully done anyway, because they do that a lot, betas, and then even AAA games, they're they just going to patch it later. I think it has, one, extended the life of the game, like you said, and that's a good thing. and made it so that if there is an error, we can get it fixed. But two, I think it's made developers lazy. Well, and putting okay. things out that aren't fully done. So I'm not going to say it makes developers lazy. I think it makes the people that are in charge of making a profit off of these games. Yeah. It makes them expect a faster turnaround and they don't really now, care how like, okay. In in my profession where I'm a developer, <laughs> I, no, I want to, uh, let me clarify. I don't mean, I didn't mean the people no, no, actually no. like, doing the coding or anything i meant the people that were making like, like the studios the, the studio yeah i meant the studio i didn't yeah. mean the actual physical code because they they're definitely they want to put out a good product and even some of the studio execs want to put out a good product but the people that are like we need to release this now we can fix exactly. it later exactly yeah and and you end up with something that is um that is okay versus something that is great right for sure and, and so yeah. that, that's kind of i feel like that's where we're at right now we're ending up with a lot of good games. We're ending up with some okay games. We're not having a lot of great games. Well, the problem yeah, I mean, is I'm like sure they that. they cost. I mean they're I mean they're running like sixty bucks a pop. Even which, digitally. I mean, yeah. I mean, digital. Yeah, it's the same price. It's the same price. But it's like I think people would. I think consumers would be okay with maybe getting a buggy game with patches to come if they got a little price break. Like, hey, this game's I mean, only forty bucks and. You'll get some patches. I Your think. expectations are set differently when you buy a forty dollars game versus right. a sixty dollars game. You're like, 100%. I mean, if you're going to pay full price for a game, you're going to want to make sure that it, like, when it comes to you, I mean, there's always going to be some issues that arise that were unforeseen. But it's like, I think if people are paying that much for a, a game that's they know they're putting out before they should, yeah, it's like you should get you should give people a price break to be like, yeah, it's going to be a little buggy. We know those patches are coming, but we want you to play it and give us feedback. And I think if people were more like, hey, I can give you feedback and like be a part of the process, I think people would be willing to do that and be okay with yeah, the Yeah, and just put a $20 down, DLC in there. Yeah. Just whatever, man. You made your money now. Boom, done. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's an interesting time. And I, you know, I'm not too much into game scenes, but there's a lot of, especially on the PC side, a lot of beta games and different kind of things and things aren't released. It's so weird to me because console, you would think they just release them and it's good, but they've been starting to do patching for a long time. And it's it's just it's just gonna ch- it's gonna keep evolving from here. I'm, yep. I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with future gaming. Um, but I, again, I don't think it's gonna affect any kind of sales or things. People are still gonna play it. People do like Cyberpunk. A lot of my friends play it and they like it. So I think it's trash. Yeah, okay, there you go. Rick thinks it's trash. <laughs> Holly doesn't care, um, except she thinks you should be able to walk around naked um, if you're if you're gonna be able to augment all your features. And I, I mean, why, why bother if you can't just walk around naked and play the game naked? <laughs> Do you want to walk around in cyberpunk naked? If so, email us at it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. Don't email us I about made it that. seem like I'm, I made it seem like we had some kind of power over that, but we don't. I also don't want to hear about it. You can tweet <laughs> us at IGTGS show. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. You can find us on Instagram at it's going to get stupid. You go to YouTube.com and then search up It's Going to Get Stupid podcast and listen to our old episodes. and our, See our old episodes. Listen to our current episodes. And lastly, leave us a voicemail at 281-698-7043. The lines are open. The uh, lines are open. Calling now. We have Stuart on hold. Stuart? 
Are you there? Stuart, really? That's the name you're going to go? I just, yeah, I just made up a name. So Stuart. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we, we recently watched a movie. Um, oh, not together. Separately. Um, Social distance. Separately. <laughs> in, different states, actually, in, diff- in different states, In different states, actually. At different times. Um, so, at different times. So we're really just trying to make sure we're safe in this. No, but uh, it's it's a hotly anticipated movie here on It's Going to Get Stupid. Especially um, for me. It is the oh latest. Yeah, for me too. I love Nolan. Okay, it's the latest Nolan film. I love Christopher Nolan, every one of his movies. I I, I don't love every one of his movies per se, um, but I do love his the the style he has in directing. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're talking about Tenet. Yes. When did you watch Tenet, Rick? Uh, we Holly? watched it Friday night. But it came out, I, it, it was Christmas Day, so, it was Christmas yeah. Day that it came out um, for digital release, and no. so Rick was really excited. It was because... December 15th, it was December 15th, if December I remember, because we were going to watch it early, we were going to watch it before, and I don't know why I wasn't thinking this, but they always do this. Whenever a movie came out, they would release it to buy early, and then like a month later, you could rent it. I don't know why in like my my. He was counting. Head. This poor guy was counting down the days, and then he like gets all settled in, turns on the TV, like gets our like gets ready to and pulls TV up the ready. pulls up the the page, and he's like, "No, I have like, to buy it. I can't rent it." Which I don't understand. Like thinking back, like I don't understand my full objection to it because if I was anticipating a twenty dollar rental. Yeah, and it's twenty dollars to buy, so I should have just bought it. I don't know why, like in my head, like I didn't just buy. Oh, is that is that why you waited? Oh, because I didn't want to buy it. Like it's very rare that we buy a movie these days, unless it's a kids movie, because we'll we'll replay them on the iPad. But um, most movies these days end up on a streaming platform at some point. Then you can watch it later. Yeah, I can just watch it later. I don't have to buy it. Like so, I don't have to buy digital. We don't buy any physical copies of anything anymore. Um, we, we digitally stream 90, 99% of, of our content, um, whether it's renting a movie or just watching it through one of the eight bajillion streaming platforms. Yeah. That we talked about last week. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. So I watched it in two parts. I watched it on Thursday and finished it on Friday. Yes. Oh, that's uh, terrible. That is terrible. No, and extra no, it confusing. actually wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't extra confusing. I forgot where I stopped. <laughs> in the first part but i really enjoyed it and then i just picked up and i'm fine i'm i'm used to watching things like disjointed like that though yeah um and i haven't i've never have a problem with it it okay. doesn't bother me it doesn't ruin my experience so see that would bother rick like just because we were waiting for, to get the kids down and so around eight o'clock when we normally like we tell the kids it's time to start getting ready for bed like he is so agitated like the kids, they had they built like this like pillow stuffed animal fort in the living room. So of course they're trying to relocate that back to their bedroom. And Rick was like, "Oh my gosh, just pick it up and put it in your bed." Because like, what are you doing? They have like twenty stuffed animals on <laughs> the couch. So frustrating. They, there's they have twenty stuffed animals on the couch collectively. They move them <laughs> one at a time. He was so like antsy trying to like get this movie well, going, and he was just like, "Come on, like I'll pick them up. Just get in your room." I had, I had worked till one o'clock the night before. <laughs> I was already tired. I, w- I woke up early to start working again. And like, I'm, I'm falling asleep, like reading, like waiting for their bedtime. And then it's just like, it's going to be nine o'clock by the time this, like we actually start this movie and I'm going to have a hard time staying awake because I don't know, like, I don't know anything, like how well it's paced or anything like that. Like what if it's the first Nolan movie that's bad? And I'm like snoozing 
on the couch. Um, anyways, wow. before we go any further, <laughs> he was agitated. I, I was very agitated. <laughs> I see that. Before we go any further, I don't think we can talk about this movie without spoiling a bit of it. Oh, we're definitely going to spoil the movie. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it right now. Put and us then, on pause. Yeah, put us on pause. Come back. Come back. Um, first, like, kind of like, so anyways, spoilers ahead, a lot of spoilers ahead. Cause again, I don't think we can talk about it without it. Um, I genuinely enjoy this movie. The more I've dug into it, the more like I'm, I'm really enjoying this movie a lot. Um, just like yeah. the, the, the story that was told, um, you know, I, I think when I look back, like the, the movie that he made, that's most similar is probably inception. Um, and what I appreciate about this movie is that the ending is not left open. No, it's it's clearly well, it's really cool. I mean, I like what they did looping it around. Yeah. Um, the movie's a palindrome upon yeah. itself. It is. It is a pal. That's a good. That's a good word for a palindrome. Yeah. I like that. Um, so everybody knows that I hate time travel. Like I just don't in movies. I just don't really 100% like it. Hates it. That in in fact, um, Interstellar. I did not like Interstellar. Because a major portion, a major, um, not portion, but a major uh, motivation for the events in the movie was time travel. Yeah. And it was dumb and I didn't like it. Um, I might have to go watch it again. Maybe I I'll like it movie. better. But I do like, I do like time manipulation is interesting to me and Nolan does a lot of that. And so the whole inverted one, like you're moving in one direction and then you're, you can go and move in the other direction of time. Like time moves in the other direction, but you're still normal. That was really cool. I liked that. Um, and then, and even you could still kind of do time travel that way. Cause you can go back cause time's moving a different direction. Then you just go back through the turnstile again. And then you go forward. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Which one of the I, I really does? liked it. Which one of the characters does do and, and makes everything make sense. And I was like, Oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, it was just, I mean, it's just interesting the way, the way they did it. Uh, uh, Batman uh, slash uh, what's his name? What's his name in, uh, in the vampire movie? Um, <laughs> sparkly vampire. Uh, uh, Cullen. Oh, what's his something. name, dude? Who are you talking about? Ed, Robert Edward, Pattinson. No, team. What's his name? Yeah, in team, Twilight. Team um, Edward. Edward Cullen. Edward. Edward. Cullen. Team Edward. Yeah. So Edward like in here was actually really good in this movie. <laughs> okay, he's a good actor. Like, yeah, he is. He's he is a, a solid actor. actor. He's not a good actor. He's a solid actor. He's okay. He's a solid, solid he's actor. Solid. Okay, but it's not good. It's just it's. But outside of this, like, so we saw that movie where, and I, I professed my uh, admiration of Mr. Pattinson's acting ability. But we saw that movie that takes place uh, with the Twin Towers. Oh, like Remember Me or Remember something? Me. Like, that was yeah. a great, like... That was a great movie. That was a great movie. That was a really um, good movie. There's that movie, that little indie movie he did where he's the musician playing in the pubs. What? Yeah, the, he plays no. a musician, like... No idea what you, you're talking you, about. It was a movie that you wanted to watch. Did I? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember this movie. But that, that was done really well. Um, he was a musician. Yeah, he plays a musician. I gotta look it up. Um, I have no idea. He, he was great in Dunkirk. I didn't see that one. Um, and right, he was in Dunkirk. Yes, right. You saw it. Yeah, but now I'm drawing a blank. Anyways, um, I, I thought he did a really good job in this movie. Like, hundred percent did a great job in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So, Holly, what did you think about this movie? Well, it it was definitely one that you had to pay attention because 100%. I mean, you've got 
so you're 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 following one person that's moving forward you're you know they're on a linear path but then everything around him there's people going backwards there's objects moving backwards in time and so it's like you're i don't know there was so many things um i mean it was it was good i'm not gonna say that it wasn't a good movie but it was very confusing and then as things were revealed you're like oh okay it's definitely i think one that you uh, you need to watch it think about it it watch it again because there were so many things that were revealed as you were going and it was like oh my gosh that was that person but you didn't know it at the time when you saw it happen the first time like so because you would you would encounter someone moving backwards in time earlier in the movie and then when the character catches up to that point and they're moving forward in that same moment you realize that that was i don't know so there was a lot of things that I mean, revealed itself as it went, but it wasn't like at the end of the movie where I'm like, uh, I'm confused. I mean, it it made sense when you got to the end, but it was it's definitely one that you need to think about and then watch it again. Yeah, or watch a bunch yeah, of YouTube it's... videos that explain. Yeah, because Rick goes down this <laughs> rabbit hole of like, as soon as he watches something that's kind of has confusing elements, he like spends the next few days on like YouTube trying to get like behind this like behind the scenes secrets or whatever. Or like I like try to understand like people's different theories. Like um, I think one of the biggest ones is um, that again, we're going to spoil this, um, that Neil is cat's um, son. He's the boy. Um, oh, but we don't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. Um, there's a lot of things that allude to it, um, that, that he is the boy, um, especially at the end. Um, and then one of the things that I watched was, like if you take the French spelling for Maximilian, which is his full name, the boy's full name, the last four letters of his name spell Neil. Uh, if you reverse them, um, so again, oh gosh, that is ridiculous. It, that, okay, that is a bit guys. of a reach. I get it. No, that is a bit so, of a reach. That's such but a reach. If you take the I, French spelling of the name, but I saw a ton of people that were like, you know, that's one thing that could lend itself to it but nolan never said that that was nolan true so that. that that i think that's a, i think people are reaching yeah but well you'd have to but you'd also have to see like that little charm that yeah. he had that necklace if the kid ever had some you know you'd have to right. see that 100%. like it'd have, to be, it'd have to make like the knowing nolan he would tie it in another way if that was the truth the other thing was um you know at the very end of it when they finished the mission um he asked her if he'll go visit cat in london and um, the protagonist, which I'm going to refer to as John David, because that's his full name. Um, John says, uh, John says, no, it's too dangerous. And then he asks him again. He's like, not even from afar. And he again replies, no, but it, it's kind of. And then it cuts to that last scene where John is in the car with Priya um, mm-hmm. be- before he kills her, watching them from afar. Um, you do later learn that uh, John is the one that recruits him into the job. Um, and so it kind of makes sense that, uh, and the, and then the other tidbit of information is, um, they kind of allude to the fact that they don't want to know anything about each other. Um, and they especially reveal that as a, as an, a, as an aspect that's integral to all their missions when they go into like the tenant mission. Um, but they don't need to know a lot of information about each other to, to the, to the fact that when they do the temporal pincer mission, um, they that's what it's called see no, super nerd 
Um, super nerd. When they do that mission, they can't see the other group, right? Because it, it, it's it's just too much information. So there's a level of obscurity that you have between the people that you're working with throughout the, the tenant mission. Um, yeah. Neil knew stuff about John. Like, like, like um, specific things. Like when he asks him, do you want to drink? And, uh, yeah, and he gives him the, he the orders right him drink, a Diet yeah. Coke. And he's like, no, he says something about like drinking alcohol and Neil goes, you never drink alcohol in a mission, like while you're working. Um, well, that's not what he's, that's not what he says, but I get what you're saying because yeah. what it was is that, um, he says they won't let you drink while you're on the job. Like I know you're CIA based, right? And then yeah. he goes, oh, but I'd, I'd rather have a seltzer water or a club soda or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> he's like, I know who you are kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was a big that was a kind of that's the a, a really big theory going out is that Neil is Cat's son Max. Um, I, I don't. It but wouldn't be, that make I mean, him it, really it, old? When, like when he's not yeah, but that so that would mean that he would have to have gone back in time far enough, like years. Yes, like he would have to be going inverted for like years. He right, he gets inverted for a very long time, and by the time he gets to where he needs to, to the opera scene. Uh, at the very beginning of no. the movie, he's already adjusted to inversion, which is why he doesn't need a, a, a face mask. Yes, how to be. Whoa, what? Yeah, so at one point, um, because Kat, towards the towards the end where she goes to um, Sater's boat, Kenneth Branagh's character, um, yeah. when, they, when they first are in that and they're going back, the three of them, they're living in basically an oxygen tent. Um, yes. By the time, that if once they spent enough time in inversion... They no longer have to wear a mask. What? Their body adjusts to it. Where does it say that? I didn't see that. It's it, again. It's another theory. No, it's a theory. It didn't say. It didn't say. It doesn't say. But but, but, but it makes sense because what, what if, the... if Neil had to go back <laughs> far enough in order to save John's character, the protagonist, he would have to get mm-hmm. used to inversion at some point. Otherwise, he'd have to wear a mask the entire time, or be in an oxygen tent for years. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like he, ha- he while he's waiting, he'd have to go back. But because the entire time that he's with John, the protagonist, he's coming out of inversion. Like he's gone back, and now he's moving back forward. When Cat yes. goes back to the boat, she's gone back and is now moving back forward. She's adjusted. Yeah. To well, she hasn't adjusted. She's gone. She no. She's, she's not inverted. She's inverted in the other world. But when you revert back to the forward of time, you're fine. You you don't need a mask anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, but they 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 had to acclimate to it somehow. Whether no, it, you wouldn't have to. Ac- you wouldn't have to acclimate. It's, she never it's goes the, through another turnstile. She never goes through another. It turnstile. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't say. She, it doesn't show her going through another turn, turnstile. Doesn't mean she didn't go through another turnstile. Whatever. Fair enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Also, there's two cats in a timeline until um like that one is just hiding. Like there's two cats. Yeah, because oh. she sees herself jump off the boat, and then she mm-hmm. never. She just kind of goes off, and like you never see her go back. So the, yeah, no, the assumption doesn't. is like oh, she so would just she's... be hiding out until time catches up to her. Well, she would have to, or I don't know how that works. Like, I guess when she disappears from the. I don't know. They kind of leave that one up for speculation. Well, no. When she first goes to the turnstile to go back to that time, then she would just be there, and that's it. She would just. Yeah continue living her life there would be no double at that point yeah. yeah actually she talked about seeing a woman jump off the boat and it was her she saw exactly. herself jump off the deck boat exactly I, that was interesting I, that, stuff like that is really cool yeah 
Um, um, I, and I, the, the the backwards fight scenes, amazing. Yes, yes 100%. especially seeing it both ways. Yeah, it was we well, I really mean, cool. I told Rick, I said storyboarding this had to yeah. have been like the worst job ever because <laughs> I mean you're dealing with people interacting with each other. One was filmed forward, and one was filmed. Like, well, forward, and then they reversed it. So they're, like, interacting with each other. It's like, you have to have, like, the fight scenes yeah. have to be so choreographed to match up. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're not clearly not reverse fighting each other. I mean, clearly they had someone else as a stand-in. Right. And then they had to, like, cut in the backwards film. But it's like, it had to be choreographed so, like, perfectly. Yeah. It's like storyboarding, the whole thing would have just been... I mean, just keeping tabs on, like the forwards and backwards at the same time like had to be so confusing yeah. robert pattinson they interviewed him and he said like during filming he said honestly i really had no idea what was going on i just i did my lines I, they told me how they told me what they wanted from me and i did it he said i had no idea what was going on so what was what was really interesting i, I watched an interview about this um with nolan that was released maybe about three weeks ago um, he said that when he was writing the script, he kind of created a system where he could, he could really flow through it and kind of understand where he was in the, in, the, in John's timeline, um, or kind of, you know, like what was moving backwards, what was moving forwards. He created a system for it. But when they got to shooting, um, on every day, they would meet with the previs guys and kind of give them a scenario of like, of where they were at, what they were supposed to be shooting and they would create like a diorama, like a like a 3D diorama of where everybody was at, who was moving forward, who was moving backward, so that they could keep track of um, what they were filming. So confusing. Yeah. And then the other thing was... Even more confusing. The other thing was um, everything was filmed forward for the most part. There's a couple of scenes where like the characters are actually moving backwards when they're actually moving forwards. Um, the mm. The way they filmed it is they had two separate canisters, one uh, film canisters, because, of course, Nolan does everything on film. Um, they filmed it. They had canisters that were regular film um, that were fed in the normal way, and then they had canisters that were fed in backwards. Um, so, like, it would, it would run through the camera backwards. Um, and that way, instead of... Because you do get some artifacting when you take a piece of footage and then flip it... Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't come out as seamless as it should. And so if you feed the I don't know how this works, but if you feed the foot the film into the camera backwards, it, it it'll films, run backwards. It'll run backwards and it films it correctly. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's it's really weird, but they had like they had like regular canisters and they had canisters that were marked in like black and white gaffers tape so that they wouldn't mix them up. He said that's that, really cool. He said that through filming they only messed up once. And that was like the first week of filming um, oh, man. where they had to, like, they got the wrong canister or something like that. I also know you're a sound guy. So the different soundtracks, the pieces of music that were played backwards when they were actually in the inverse. Yeah. And um, when that, that was so cool, man. So I really appreciated that. This is one of the few movies where like he actually had a song with lyrics in it, like at the end. And it was a Travis Scott song that he, I believe he wrote specifically for the film. And according to Nolan, you can, they actually play Travis Scott's voice throughout the movie, like in the background, um, in certain bits, what? like just little <laughs> tiny snippets. Um, so that at like mentally, like in your, in your brain is like picking up on this sound cue that you don't hear until the very end of the movie. 
Um, that is crazy. There are complaints about how this movie was mixed. Um, and I do agree that in some places it is very hard to hear. Um, I, I want to say though, I'm giving Nolan the benefit of the doubt and everyone's going to yell at me for this. <laughs> um, I'm going to say he did it intentionally. Wait, it was hard to hear like what people were saying. Yeah. Like you were probably listening to it with headphones on. Um, yeah. but when you were watching it from a television, the way it's mixed is there's a couple of key scenes. Um, when John is talking to Robert Pattinson's character, um, and, uh, like it, it's, it's conversations between them where there's too much background mix, um, and music mix to where like it, their conversation is very obscured. I, th- I think it's not on purpose. hundred percent. There's no way he would allow that to happen. Right. It. And so the, the whole idea of the movie is like having some, some obscurity in what's happening. I want to say that lends itself to it again. That's a reach. I'm giving Nolan the benefit of the doubt. I highly, cause you love him so much. I, well, he's one of those guys like, there is very little that he does unintentionally. Yeah, he doesn't like, miss a he doesn't miss a beat. Dude. He doesn't do things unintentionally. Well, come on, he just made a movie that was filmed like with half the people going forward, right? Half the people going backward. You don't think he might have just happened to maybe missed um, some of the mixing that the voices were too low? I I, you don't think that that's possible in the realm of no. possibilities? I don't, I don't think so because in the same interview I watched with him, he was talking about. One the interviewer asked him, um, has he ever like gotten stuck on writing a movie? Um, and he said with Inception, he got stuck for ten years on on one on he said he got like two two acts in through the movie and he couldn't figure out how to get to the third act for ten years, didn't move forward with it. Wow. And so I feel like the amount of effort he's not like making unobtainium, right? <laughs> He's not, he's not, I'm going to spend 14 years on this movie and call this thing unobtainium and just forget to do, you it's know, unobtainable, or, honey. or use papyrus as a font. Um, I know what you did. Um, anyways, I, I just, I just feel like the level of detail that he spends. I mean, even in Dunkirk with the, the way he did the music with the rhyming pattern, um, there's, there's escalation in the music for it that doesn't stop until the very end of the movie. I can't, I can't see him just like saying like, eh, it's mixed weird or yeah, that sounds great. Let's just, let's just get it out there. Considering he didn't want to release it digitally. He pushed it until he could have a theatrical release worldwide and a little bit in the United States. Like he didn't do anything to rush this movie. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I also want to point out that Rick seriously, seriously considered renting out an entire movie theater just so he could watch it i did he was like i think it's worth the cost but we don't really want to go beyond other people because of coronavirus he seriously like even researched it like renting out an entire theater so he could because i think cinemark was like 150 bucks for like a 20 seat 20 seat theater yep it's only seven dollars a person if you have 20 people no but he was just talking about for himself yeah for himself. Yeah, but if you have 20 people in the theater, it's 150 seats. You're so far away. That's okay. Make everybody wear a mask. He didn't want anybody else in there. He just wanted to He just wanted I was to gonna, the I was, all so by himself. I was going to let it be me and Holly and you, Jose. Yeah. Because I knew you'd appreciate it. So I think we need I to I wanted, think I about that. I would have done it, too. I would have done it. While 100%. you defend Nolan, we need to also consider the fact that you're a super fan. I also did just work to the uh, Dark Knight trilogy uh, this past week. Uh, not in preparation and it, it, like it was pure coincidence, uh, but I love that trilogy. I don't care what people say. 
Yeah. It's no one's great. One. I mean, this, so, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to like this movie because of the time travel I yeah. thought was going to be in it, but because it wasn't like, Oh, let's go in this machine. It's going to take us back. It, it seems like, especially when you hear about the end, how this, you could make a second tenant technically, right? Because there's so much more that this is the beginning of the story right. really for the protagonist, which I thought was really interesting to know that he was, you know, who he was. I won't spoil everything, right? I won't spoil everything. Um, but to, to know all that level of detail and to, then to go back methodically like that, I thought that was really interesting. And then to see that really they're not changing anything. They're just – this sequence has already been in motion. Yeah. Well, and they couldn't oh. they couldn't change anything. They couldn't change anything because it, it was already done. Yeah. Um, I, I like that part. I like was, how the, um, the reverse tech just ex- it exists in the future. They don't know how it came to be or yeah. who'd, who created it. It just – they're encountering it now because it's coming back to them in reverse. So I liked that aspect of it because there wasn't a lengthy, like confusing explanation about what it is and how it exists. I mean, it was just kind of like, we don't know what it is. We just know that we've found it and here it is. Inception was the same way. And a lot of people didn't don't like that. Like where they don't get any explanation of the science. Well, we Um, haven't encountered, I mean, in this movie, they didn't encounter that in inception, I guess the same thing, but yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like I generally, it doesn't bother me. I didn't me. care. Yeah. That's not, but that, cause that's not a, I mean, it would only be the only way, I mean, cause they had their, the only way it would be a problem is if they broke their own rules. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't remember Nolan breaking any of the rules. And that's the problem with time travel is they break a lot of rules, right. That they set, like you, you build this universe, you have rules for it and you, you talk about those rules and then you, you go through it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't need to understand how this could possibly work because it's a movie yeah. and it doesn't necessarily need to work properly. That's kind of why how I can dis- suspend my disbelief and I watch Back to the Future as well. Um, but only when the time travel is the aspect of the story that's important and needs to be understood yeah. do I have a problem with it. Gotcha. Like Interstellar. Maybe <laughs> – Maybe my dis maybe my dislike and explanation of time travel is the reason I don't like time travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's too convoluted. It is it is too convoluted. I mean, I think that's one of the things that like Endgame kind of messed up. Um their version of time travel, like it was it was fairly clean. Stupid. It was, it was dumb. stupid, dude. I didn't care. I was like, well, it's dumb, whatever. Okay, they threw it in there. It's like she just threw it in there to be like, Come on, guys, let's just finish this up. I'm like, okay. If we don't do this, we won't get the cool scene at the end with the yeah. portals soundtrack. I'm like, okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. I want to see yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, man, I I love Tenet. I thought it was amazing. I do want to watch it again to kind of pick up on all those things that I missed the first time. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something like if you haven't seen it, it is a great film. Uh, right up there with Inception, uh, Memento, those you know no, typical Nolan films. I'm um, almost very say good, it. very well done. I'm almost gonna say I like this better than Inception because. Um, I like Inception a lot. It's it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, but it leaves it definitely leaves something open. Tenet, I could just watch, yeah. and like I don't have to worry about like are they could they make another one? Is this really an ending? Like, it's just it's it is, it, it's tied up really well. You're not thinking about. Uh, you're thinking more of like oh cool things I missed out on on the story not what does the story actually mean? Right. What is really going on here? And, and, and those kind of questions. I do it's more love of like, that. I do love that Christopher Nolan always uses Michael Caine as, or at least lately <laughs> yeah. as like, he he's, he's kind of like your, um, um, 
like the fisherman or like the um like your Charon from Greek mythology where um he kind of he like he ushers you down the story um like he, he <laughs> he's your way of like getting you like across the river um but he he's always like he's very important but he's only in there for just a little bit at least yeah he he's like i'm so important to the story but i'm not gonna be around too long <laughs> and i love like the commentary like i i love the fact that like they didn't they didn't dive deep into the protagonist's life right they didn't like give you any details about who he was or where he was before he was a spy or where he grew up or anything like that but like the subtle nods to like you may dress like a billionaire, but you can, we can all tell you're not one. Um, kind of like it gave you some more depth into who his character was. Like when Michael Caine's character makes the comment about like, um, you know, Brooks Brothers isn't going to really cut it. Uh, but his suits got fancier as he went. They definitely did. Yeah. Well, as soon as Michael Caine handed him that credit card. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, well, I was assuming I was on a budget. He's like, no, that's not going to work this time. And then he not, gets not up. Works here. He gets up and the waiter brings him his food. He's like, can you box that up for me? And the waiter goes, certainly, certainly not. not. <laughs> yeah, um, it was overall. It was a, it was a nice it was a clean film, man. Just really good, entertaining. Yeah. Um, and, and while you have to pay attention to every like you cannot. Most people probably couldn't stop watching this movie and then watch it again. Right. And be OK with everything. Yeah. Um, and you definitely can't miss parts of the film, like just miss out on something. You can't be texting while you're watching this. Yeah, you really gotta you gotta pay attention to everything, or else you're gonna be so live. You thought here's the deal: if you think Inception is confusing, watch Tenet and try to not be confused if you miss something. Yeah. It's even more confused. It's so confusing if you don't if you don't watch it. But but the good thing, like Holly was saying, is it kind of explains itself and makes everything click at the end. Yes. So hundred uh, percent. I I did like that. So yeah, I loved the movie. I, it was really good. So, did you watch Tenet? Do you like Tenet? Do you like palindromes? <laughs> Email us palindromes at it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. You can tweet us palindromes at IGTGS show. You can comment using only palindromes at facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. I was trying to think of like, because I always have to come up with the titles of these episodes after I edit them, like what kind of palindrome I could use for the title, and then it hurt my brain. That never odd or even <laughs> palindrome. Yeah. Um, you should 100% make it a palindrome. What's the next one? You can find us on Instagram. And it's going to get stupid. Did I say that? No, I didn't. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go to youtube.com and then search up palindromes and then help us with our title. But then also search up It's Going to Get Stupid Podcast. But and you, then you can see our episodes. To, you'd have to move backwards in order to help us with you'd the title. Through, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to go through the turnstile. So getting a call right now. Okay, it didn't work. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail at 281-698-7043. Awesome. Well, that's all we got for you today. Um, so, yeah, games, buy games, still buy games, but be very careful. And, I mean, if Just you're... Just Cyberpunk 2077. If you're going to spend 30 minutes making yourself, you should be able, able to look at yourself, right? Definitely. Um, and then uh, watch Ten. It's really good. It's a great film. And don't let your kids beat you at video games. That's just sad. Never. I'm disappointed in myself. Always, always crush. I'm disappointed in you too. So <laughs> wear a mask, stay safe. Uh, thank y'all for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.